Hello everyone, this is Songs from a Room, an intimate singer-songwriter showcase where I, Bob Palos, invite very talented artists to the podcast for a one-on-one. We'll learn a little about each artist, what inspires them, what brought them to play the music they play, and the moments that led them to write the songs they wrote. Then finally, to play me a song from a room. All right, uh, we're here with Alex Kucha. Did I say that right? Kuchta. 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 What is that? Is that Polish? It's like bastardized Slavic. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, it was Kufta, and whoever came over here, something happened. Yeah, Kuchta. <laughs> Kuchta, yeah. Uh, you know, T's become F's on a signing document at Ellis Island. Exactly. No, exactly. Like, then, yeah. No, no, like for real. Yeah. <laughs> Kuchta. And they're like, sure, just let me in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, like, that'll, that'll do. Uh, so yeah, we're, t- we're talking to this great musician. I've seen him uh, all over the New York uh, singer-songwriter scene, I guess you call it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It I doesn't feel like that. It just feels like... Uh, like a hodgepodge of venues and yeah, that's but, all it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny when everyone says, see, and some people are like so concentrated in the idea of a scene. It's like there's it's there's a thousand scenes. Yeah, there, it's know? just like the scene in your head. That's but, pretty much what it is. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, but okay, back on track. Back on track. Back to the podcast questions. Yeah, podcast questions. I mean, unless you want to talk about. Uh, where are you at in the scene? Are you a level twenty eight or a level twenty nine in the scene? Uh, I, like, I say twenty nine. You're a twenty nine. I would scene? say level twenty nine. That's good. It's a good place to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were you born in New York? I was born in Jersey, just across the, the water. Yeah, maybe like an hour out outside of the island of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the What's the name of the town? I grew up in a town called Dover. 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 Yeah. Cool. Uh, what was that like? Woodsy, suburby. It was weird. I mean, uh, the street I grew up on was very old. It was essentially what was a mining town. It's mm-hmm. called Richard Mine Road. Um, that then went defunct. I mean, there was like actually, you know, large holes in the ground in, in my backyard from from where they did like iron ore mining and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, there were various European immigrants um, and one of those kind of an initial immigrants um, was my neighbor, whose father had built all the houses on the block that, that then my parents bought in the 90s. It's so kind of a deal. So there's like all his houses. Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. Like he had, um, he had there was one house and he had four sons, and then he built four other houses. My parents bought the one next to his. But I mean, at that point, it had been kind of dispersed. I mean, it was weird because you had like. You had the remnants of these immigrant families, like you had mm-hmm. the one side of the street, which was the Rushaks, and you had the Wellingtons down the road, and it was like all these kind of initial, like what you would call clans or something. So it was all these like weird remnants of that. Um, and you had like a one-room Methodist church and a one-room Catholic church like around the corner, and there's like this weird sense of history that I feel like I grew up with. Yeah, that sounds like just like old, old America, right? Yeah, there. yeah, for real. Wow, it's like you had to like go up a mud road or something. <laughs> yeah, it was like a windy, I don't know. Maybe it's just my romantic notion of it, but it, I felt largely influenced by that growing up. Yeah, no, it sounds, I mean, yeah, it sounds like deep old America. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so you were a child here in, in, in Jersey. 
Uh, were you like into music then, or were you like something that came later? Mm. I was always into creative work. Mm-hmm. Um, music. I got a guitar when I was 14 or so. Was that your first instrument? That was my first instrument, yeah. Um, but my parents had studied visual arts, so I always grew up kind of steeped in that. So mm-hmm. I think just based on the kind of history I had with that, I gravitated towards that more. My dad was a gardener and a sign maker, and my mom went into children's publishing. Mm. So just kind of like, I mean, it was weird because like when they went to school at the time, it was like you just kind of got like this general fine arts education. Like you didn't specify, and then it became yeah. like this thing of like, oh shit, like we have a family, we need to make a living. and kind of gravi- yeah, yeah, yeah. Children's publishing, and your dad made signs or like, yeah. like for stores or... Yeah, it was just any kind of like small business. So you would do like the flower shop and the vet. Mm-hmm. And then it was like this hustle of like, hey, you want a sign? Do you want a garden? You know, so it was like, then <laughs> there was also like the hustle of that was like, oh, you can't be a gardener in the wintertime. So yeah. it was like, now you got to make signs. It's like, no, for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it's kind of like, yeah, it was almost like, a, it was it very much felt like this like small business hustle. Yeah. Of like, okay. How do I make some money like with these skills that I have? So like immersed in this art world, what, what were you like as a child? Were you like also like an artsy little kid or? Yeah, I was an artsy little kid. <laughs> yeah. For real. Um, no, I really kept to myself a lot. Um, always kind of prioritized the creative work over anything else. Um, but yeah, I think just always drawing. I was always drawing. Mm-hmm. What uh, what were some uh, major influences you feel like as an artist? Um, I've always been drawn to minimalism. I think it, across the board, it seems to be like the the tying feature mm-hmm. in anything, and maybe it probably comes from spending a lot of time with things, like wanting, like going to a museum and mm-hmm. like really wanting to like just look at these three things as opposed to like the overview, and then you get kind of caught up in things when if you're studying something that hard, like the, the minimalism is uh, what you can spend more time with or what you can really garner things from. And, you know, you get overwhelmed by like a Renaissance painting or something, yeah. but a, a Donald Judd, you can kind of have more of an experience with. Just a lot to drink in. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you'll spend the $10 and <laughs> just look at the two paintings and be like, I got my fill. Yeah, I gotta leave. I gotta like go to the bathroom and get out of here. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been here for three hours. <laughs> Are there uh, any major moments in your life you feel influenced your perceptions? Um, I lived with my grandparents for six months. Oh yeah, which had a kind of profound, yeah, impact living with two people who were in their eighties. <laughs> They're in their eighties at the time. Yeah, yeah. How old were you? Twenty-two. Oh yeah, like. Yeah, it was post college. Kind of had an internship. Yeah. Uh, the train ride was cheaper from my grandparents' house than my parents' house. Sort of the economics of the situation. Man, how did that go? Did you have a curfew or what? <laughs> uh, no, not technically, but I did feel weird staying staying out later than would be their bedtime, I guess, because then they, you know, like worry about me or what have you. But living living with two people at that stage of their life yeah 
probably gave me a sense of perspective. And it's kind of like abstract. I don't know any like tangible ways to put it, but just, yeah, two people in their 80s, they're like, mm -hmm. they've lived their whole lives with each other. It's, I guess the perspective is that it's, it was such a different culture. Yeah. That they, when they were my age, their sense of relationship mm -hmm. or their sense of, um, making a living or having a life was just, and it was funny because they were aware of it. You know, they like a, a, aware of like look, looking back on it and being like, Oh yeah, like that was so strange that that kind of a thing existed because now they've got the perspective of they're living in the two thousands, almost like there was not many people to meet. So that's why they married each other. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, they're just in their relationship and it's, they've been together for what 60 something years now yeah but you know you only knew a couple of people and they went on a blind date and it was like that time in their life and yeah. it's like okay and yeah we don't have much in common but i think that kind of being with them for that long of a time and like hearing all those stories and that kind of like oral history yeah um without the filter of like another generation mm -hmm. um yeah, because you usually listen to your like dad talk about your granddad mm -hmm. or your yeah. But as far as big life experiences, having that be a part of my early twenties, I feel like mm -hmm. maybe I'm still processing it. But yeah, um, it was a weird situation at the time, but I'm really glad I went through it. Absolutely, you know. I, mean? you know? I feel like uh, you have a lot. We have a lot to learn from uh, older generations. Just even. I mean, even if in their flaws, what are, what are you going to know if you don't listen? <laughs> there, you know? For real, yeah. Yeah, and during that time, I wrote all those stories down, too. Really? Yeah, That's I wrote, great. I wrote, um, I kept this running document, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you have a song to sing and a story to tell? Just send an email to songsfromroompodcast at gmail.com to apply to be a guest on the show. Just give us your name, a little information about yourself, and a track of the song you'd like to sing. Songsfromaroompodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing your song. You write <laughs> music. That's why you're a singer-songwriter. That's, That's true. why you're on this podcast. Uh, do you, and this is, I, I've been asking this question, and I, I can't figure out if it's rude or not, but do you know how many songs you've written? Probably. I mean, how would you define written? <laughs> yeah, that's the big question we come across every time. <laughs> uh, ones that you think are like locked down. I mean, every songs are always changing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I guess you could call it publishable ready, ready to publish. Publishable ready. Um, maybe fifty. Maybe, fifty songs. That's a good. Maybe fifty, of which five I like. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reality is it's always going to be five you like. Yeah, you know and then I mean? maybe 500 half songs or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... How many ditties? <laughs> uh, do you pressure yourself to write? Mm, it's, it's a strange form of habit, I think, at this point. Um, I miss it if I don't do it. I don't have to force myself to do it. It's always going. I, if I can, I do it every day. Yeah. You know? Um, so you're saying like write, play your guitar every day, trying to think of some a new line, or are you like trying to put out a new song every day? 
Well, it was interesting. So, I mean, the process of the last year has been writing something new every week and then going to the footlight and just doing it, doing something new mm-hmm. every week and just seeing how that felt. That's great. That's a good way to push you to be more creative. Yeah. It just, it, I guess for me, it felt weird to do the same thing twice. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of it was just stylistically figuring out, okay, what works? What do people react to? Because like part of why I've made the switch from sort of more visual art to music was I didn't feel like it had an audience or I was just like making tchotchkes that would like pile up in the corner of, <laughs> yeah. of a room somewhere. Um, and I liked the kind of like malleable... Immediate response of an audience. Exactly. Like, there, like it was very easy to have an audience. Yeah. You just go to an open mic and there's one. Um, so that kind of process formed, has like pretty much been what's informing the songs. So what's the name? Uh, have you decided the song you're going to sing tonight? Yeah, I'm going to do a song called I-80. I-80? Yeah. Based off the... the interstate. Interstate, the famous interstate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's famous. Uh, you know, it's famous if you've been on I-80. <laughs> what's, how, did, how did this song come to be? Um, so similar to the, the, what I had said about where I grew up, um, so I-80 like ran through my backyard, which the family that I mentioned who were the kind of settlers there had <laughs> that back part of their land taken away by eminent domain. Mm-hmm. Up until the 70s, there was no highway. Yeah. Um, and then the state took it and just built a massive interstate. Left a note on the door. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which it was this interesting thing because growing up, um, there was always this hum that you would always hear <laughs> like and it was oddly comforting to me as a kid yeah this you know just that were of the road mm-hmm. yeah but it, through the trees through the trees but it was like it's this weird it's this weird image i have in my head because the piece of land like had all this history and it had all this growth and it was farmland and then people mm-hmm. lived on it and it was this actually like immaculate thing but then there was an interstate that just like <laughs> yeah. bisected the whole thing yeah Centuries of history just cut down the middle. Exactly. Yeah. But as a kid, it was like very comforting. And then growing, growing up and hearing the story, I was like, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's like this strange dichotomy of that, um, which was I always had that image of I-80 humming and mm-hmm. what it meant to me. But then, you know, there's all this other just baggage and, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the impetus. I just kind of had that line of I-80 humming and, um, that was kind of the kernel of what became the song. All right. So he's on band camp, uh, but right now, right here, live in his own apartment, <laughs> this is Alex with I-80. Sugar in my 
Thank you, Alex. That was Alex Kutcher. Did I say it right that time? Yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> God. One day. Well, yeah. Say it one more time. Kutcher. 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 It's a, that hard T. Uh, but it's not hard to love him, man. Who knows? It's a made-up word. There's no, like, there's no right answer. Yeah, it's Kufka. All right? <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Thanks for listening. This was Songs from a Room. Thank you to Ben Shapiro for providing all the theme music. Any inquiries, just email us at songsfromaroompodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned, dialed up, and downloaded for the next episode. Bye.